I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> going to give the audience what I think they want. They want chasing and car crashes. They want the cops to bend the rules to get the job done. They want the boy to get the girl. They want the good guy to win. They want the bad guy to die. Hopefully in the biggest explosion the budget will allow. But most importantly, Senator, they want to walk into a theater and for 90 minutes forget the fucking mess that you have left of this nation. Go get your bubblegum. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hello and welcome to the All Out of Bubblegum podcast. For our final episode of Black Exploitation Month of February, we are once again missing our regular host Brenton, who got a little bit too cocky about it not being cold in Montana anymore, and is uh, out with a cold. But I do have with me Martin and Brandon. Hello. Hi. How are you guys doing? I don't have a I'm cold. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, better than selfie some. and poor. <laughs> All right. Well. Today we are uh, moving away from the sort of established classics of uh, the black exploitation genre and uh, moving into what is uh, sort of like a passion topic of mine, which I've been pushing, which is uh, the South African black exploitation movies. So what's what's known as like the B scheme films or. Uh, what I found in a book referred to as, I don't even know how to pronounce it, like Zaxploitation, Z-A exploitation. Oh. I don't know how you're meant to say that. I I guess that's the country code of uh, South Africa. Yeah, over here we call it Zuid-Afrika, which would be the initial Z-A. So I think in Afrikaans it's also okay. the same initials. So Zaxploitation. Zaxploitation, yeah. I think you yeah. still have to pronounce it in English because of the exploitation part. Sexploitation is yeah. probably right. Yeah, the book that mentioned it did not include a pronunciation guide. So, not really sure. Not really sure how you pronounce should that. Have, should have gone for the audiobook. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Well, the guy is, the guy's Scottish. So I don't know. <laughs> it, it helps if you read it. <laughs> I don't know. You should have gotten some of the guys from these movies to read it. Like, get the guy from, from Charlie Steele <laughs> to read it. He's got a great yeah. accent. <laughs> first audiobook with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I'm guessing I'm introducing you guys to this for this episode. Pretty much. Oh yeah. Uh, because when I heard about this, I thought they were post-apartheid for a while. I didn't know that they were allowed to make films during the apartheid era. Well, they weren't and okay. <laughs> it was sort of there's a lot of there cuz uh well we're going to get into it like uh, cuz the first one we're going to talk about, uh, Joe Joe Bullet came out in like 1973. And that one was banned pretty much immediately. Then, as you can notice by the other movies, there's a there is almost a decade long gap before they are allowed to make movies. And of course, it's there is it's white directors directing all of these mostly. Oh, does that also mean that technically Joe Bullet isn't a B scheme movie? No, uh, Joe Bullet predates what is the B scheme. Yeah. Okay. So the, Joe Bullet is. Um, uh, basically created a need or showed that there was a, a market for a B scheme. So I guess we should explain what what that is. Is that there was a... Uh, in South Africa they had what was called the A scheme, which was to encourage a, a homegrown uh, like, uh, film industry. Basically. Subsidies. You know, it... it yeah, subsidies and uh, directors. If uh, if your movie made money, you got money back on it. Like you earned money. Like the more successful your movie was, the like the higher the higher income versus how much you spend on producing it, the more you as a filmmaker were left with. So it was basically, yeah, incentives to create uh, industry locally because, well. Uh, the apartheid government wasn't super keen on importing a bunch of movies, I guess, that would show uh, a more open open worldview <laughs> than they themselves had. So they were very encouraging of of like producing own movies and having a very active uh, industry so that the South African movies would be shown 
primarily in South Africa. Obviously, they would probably allow uh, some movies uh, from from Hollywood and stuff in, but they wanted to have uh, their a domestic film production. Then Joe Bullet came out and um, came about in there's sort of uh, varying stories, I guess, about when it starts. Like they're talking about, like, oh, it starts and it, it re- released in 1973, but according to the like the producer, producer writer Tony Van der Merve, he's the guy who's uh, most out there talking about it. Uh, the director Louis Devitt, I I don't think I've come across interviews with him, but uh, De Merve does a commentary track on the Blu-ray release and stuff. So, well, so yeah, De Merve was a construction guy. Uh, and he basically said, uh, "We like well, there's there's four million white people and 32 million black people in this country. Uh, I, I think there's a market for making some movies mm-hmm. aimed at the black population. Yeah, because the A scheme and, um, was funded by the government, so mostly for white filmmakers and white audiences. Yes, white films for white audiences. Yes, but again, this predates the B scheme. So this was uh, he just went in." with his own money basically he was a he ran a construction company and so he he had funds and he knew Ken Gampu or he got to know Ken Gampu the actor who plays uh, Joe Bullet who was a established actor already he, uh, I guess the most famous thing he had been in before this was uh, the Deadly Prey is that what it's called it's not what it's called uh, Cornell Wilde movie Naked Prey of course Naked Prey, Cornell Wilde movie. It was Oscar nominated, nineteen sixty-five. Yeah, and uh, he's uh, Ken Gampu plays uh, the leader of the sort of the people that are hunting Cornell Wilde, but he is like the second bill actor on the poster. So it's a, it was a pretty significant part for him, uh, and so yeah, he was basically the biggest um, black actor in South Africa, and they went to him and was like, we want to make. Bas- a black James Bond. That was their inspiration, because uh, a lot of people will talk about like Shaft, but I really doubt Shaft had like uh, really was like the first thing they sent to South Africa. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they've seen that. No. Uh, so the, yeah, he wrote this. Uh, just wrote a script. that was like I want to do Black James Bond, and uh, I have this actor who he wants to do it, and so they just sort of did it, and he funded most of that movie out of his own pocket without any a scheme uh, subsidies mm. okay that's interesting i was just gonna say that's interesting because the character in the film joe bullet is more of a private eye rather than a spy although he could be a former spy i guess i don't know really the full backstory even though i watched the film so it's kind of interesting how that kind of went from like james bond all the way to more like almost like shaft in a way even though that probably wasn't on their mind but you see it in a lot of the scenes, like you have the From Russia Would Love train yeah. fight, and you have like the the Doctor No tarantula scene, but it's a snake. Oh, yeah. So like the the inspiration of James Bond, I think, is very very clear. But uh, yeah, they make he's, he's a private investigator. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, it it was a band, uh, pretty much. I, according to sources, maybe it screened like once because they were. They basically submitted it for review, and then they went out and showed it anyway, and then it was, like, immediately banned upon review. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, they pretty much everything they could, could uh, everything that happened in the movie, they were like, oh, yeah, no, this, you can't show this, you can't show that. Uh, basically, just finding reasons to ban it. Like, oh, no, this, the black character is seen driving a car in what is a uh, white neighborhood. And uh, we can't show that in a movie. The black guy holding a gun can show that. What's interesting about these South African black exploitation films is they don't have a lot of resources to make these films. They're, so there's almost like a cozy kind of feeling to them as they try to like make do with what they have. Like they're not big, outrageous, save the world films, but it's just about saving a small soccer team from like a couple of players being kidnapped or assassinated. And that's pretty interesting to see rather than like a big James Bond save the world type. I think it adds a bit of realism almost that they keep it so small. Yeah. And also, I think the filmmakers weren't really mm-hmm. aware or capable to replicate the uh, Western cinematic language for cool 
and badass. Mm-hmm. So we get characters who like do heroic stuff, like save a couple of soccer players, but they don't. There's no big scene where they bust through the door or anything. It's just they walk around, they go in the door, and they shoot somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if this is just the choppy cut available on YouTube or there's like a different cut somewhere else, but they don't actually show like the bulldozer plowing through the jail wall to rescue the soccer players. That may be different in a different cut. I don't know, but the one on YouTube doesn't show it. It just kind of shows them getting in the bulldozer and then next thing is shown. Yeah. Yeah, I can't speak for the, um, the. I think I believe the YouTube version is cut by somewhere between somewhere between ten and fifteen minutes, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I have it on I have it on Blu-ray, and it is like a hundred, no, a hundred. I say so. It's one hundred twenty-eight minutes. That would be ridiculous. An hour and twenty-eight no. minutes. It's more like it. I believe that part is in there. I don't know exactly. Yeah, this was. Uh, when 88 films out of the UK, when they first la- la- launched, this was one of their first titles. They had this thing called the uh, 88 Vault series, and Joe Bullet is like the the first title of that. I guess they found out that people didn't really want to buy that and pivoted to Kung Fu and Italian horror. Because... <laughs> uh, yeah, because on the Blu-ray commentary, they even talk about like, oh yeah, they're hoping that uh, the sales from this will uh, lead to the Blu-ray release of uh, Bullet on the Run. Oh. And uh, of course, that never happens. The 88 Vault series, I think there's only like four releases in it or whatever. They just, they did not continue that series. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can still get this Blu-ray. They still have it in stock. They never sold out that, that initial round, <laughs> I think. <laughs> But yeah, so it's about uh, the soccer players get kidnapped to to try to convince them to play for the other team in the cup final, which uh, I don't know. Most I think uh, nowadays it would be very difficult to get that through like uh, a transfer committee. I think if you just oh yeah, I'm just gonna swap teams right before the cup <laughs> final. Yeah, you also have to register players to play for your team in that cup, so you couldn't even. But not important. I it, it I think it's not the the wildest thing in this. Movie. <laughs> uh, but what I mean, I think there's a scene where Joe Bullet dresses as an old man and puts a tape recorder in the back of a truck. Oh yeah. And I don't even understand fully fully how it relates to the actual plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird scene. Oh my god! And then he just—he's just glued some white beard <laughs> on top of his regular man beard. The, the most it's fucked uh, up looking nose ever. <laughs> yeah, that's some—that's some Alec Guinness in a David Lean movie nose. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, and I guess it's what I like about this movie, especially, is that it's just—it—it it doesn't really know how to be a movie in a way. <laughs> Like it just has it. It does. It only has the cool scenes. It forgets to put in the plot almost a lot of the time. It's just like, oh yeah, we get to the put the. This is the the action scene, and then we just we do another action scene, and now it's the the scene where he. There's no downtime. It sort of it f- doesn't doesn't fully know how to, how to tell the stories. It just does all the fun parts. Yeah, in the cut on YouTube that I've seen. He just randomly picks up that bomb that's in his apartment, and just like throws it out the window and blows up a car. <laughs> there's there's really no build up to it at all. It's just kind of like, oh, there's a bomb in my my home. Gotta throw it out the window yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think that plays fairly similar in the in the the real version in the full oh. version too. Like he comes home and then oh oh there's a bomb here and he throws okay. it out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of stuff like that. It's like oh yeah, we want to put an explosion in there. So then clearly they just wrote a scene where they put an explosion in there <laughs> in the snake scene yeah i was gonna say you get stuff like the um, when they they blow up the the dam and it the floods mm-hmm. and that was just uh something where tony mandeverbe's uh company construction company was hired to do that and he was like oh yeah if we just film that we can just put it in the movie and say it was something oh, <laughs> i don't think the blowing up of the dam is in the youtube version they're just stuck in a sort of oh. river at some point yeah that's what i remember all of a sudden. Okay. Oh well. Well, that sequence starts with with a dam being blown up in the complete version, and that was just something where like, oh yeah, we have this dam we're blowing up. Uh, let's let's film that, put it in the movie. Makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. And and that that's why he's he's driving a bulldozer at the end too and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I have a bulldozer, <laughs> so we're gonna use these bulldozers. Yeah. Ah. That's why they can can rip into like crash into wall of a building too. It's like, oh yeah, we're we're being paid to tear down this building, so let's just film a building. <laughs> and that snake scene <clears throat> comes out of nowhere, yeah. but it's pretty entertaining. Except when they actually appear to kill a snake for real with like a knife through its head. That that was kind of that appeared to be unsimulated and a little cruel, but it was still interesting up to that point. I understand that they well they did they killed the snake off camera oh. first, and then the snake is dead. And yeah, they talk about you can see sort of like they were shaking yeah. the, the tail with oh, a string. Oh, really? Okay. But they, they very much was they they just they did murder okay. the snake <laughs> for the film. It was it was just they, they didn't do it okay. on camera. They murdered him off camera, and then they had the real body play oh, the body. Okay. Yeah, and apparently Ken Gampu hated snakes, so that's why that's why they make him fight a snake in this one and in oh, the sequel. Really? Just because they were like, oh, yeah, we know you hate snakes, so we're just going to fuck with yeah, he's you. He's sweating like crazy throughout this film. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually sweating the least when he's fighting the snake. Yeah, that's true. Like the From Russia with Love fight, he comes out and he's like, oh, I'm sweating so much. It looks kind of realistic. <laughs> he is so fucking sweaty yeah. in that. That is ridiculous, yeah. Well, South Africa is hot. Yeah, yeah I bet. And there's some dangerous looking stunt work, too. Oh, yeah. There's a he Ken Gampu eats a barrel to the face <laughs> in the climax, and that was that happened for real. That was uh, it wasn't supposed to happen. He was just supposed to oh yeah, I just throw the barrel down because they didn't think about safety, and I just hit him in the face. He had to go to the hospital. Yeah, that was brutal. Get stitches. Yeah, and they do- dump a dummy. Yeah. Got a pretty great climax, especially when he did he shoot he shoots the guy in the face, um, sort of prior yeah. to it. And he shoots him through the yeah. door, and the guy gets all the wood splinters Ooh, in the yeah. face. And I was like, yeah. "That's that's like really nasty, and but also cool and like really detailed in a way. Like, oh, you wouldn't really expect to see that in a in this movie." Yeah, it was a nice touch. And it's just pretty much just all all. I was gonna say all filler. That's the opposite of what it is. It's <laughs> almost all killer. You have stuff like the from dust from dust till dawn. Yeah, let me go from Russia with love. It's the movie. It's, it's what it's called. <laughs> um, the from Russia would love uh, train fight. See, pretty cool. And um, yeah, sneaking into the base and uh, the, um, the was the parachute stuff in the the cut you watched. Well, yes and no. You see him like <laughs> <laughs> jumping on the ground, like killing some chickens, but that's just about it. <laughs> All right, it's not that much more, but like it's very clearly like they didn't film. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like him just yeah pretending to yeah. jump out. But well, I think they actually jump out of an airplane, but it's just parked. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he meets uh, Popeye. So, yeah, <laughs> is Popeye the puff, the pipe puffing partner character? Yeah, he's he's the guy who sort of becomes yeah. his sidekick for the for the climax out yeah. of nowhere. And I think that, that that actor was like. I think they say it's like seventy years old or something <laughs> in the commentary. It's also just the, the really funny part with the with the gate that's not where he tries to climb the fence and then like it's just the gate is open. <laughs> Apparently that was just un, un unscripted. <laughs> like it was just Ken Gamp who wanted to show off by climbing the fence <laughs> and then he couldn't and the guy was like, It's open <laughs> But yeah, then this got got banned for every single reason they could find to ban it. But um, yeah, like Tony Manderverbe was especially was um, still thinking like, well, thirty-two million is a lot more than four million. Mm-hmm. So he 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 started, I believe, and um, with others, of course, to to try to develop this uh, B scheme, then, which is like the uh, would which would be like a government system for subsidizing and helping to fund movies for black audiences which of course a lot a lot less money but uh and also st- some some strict rules um they talk about it like them um, uh, there was sort of like a demand about the films had to um encourage the blacks to stay in their villages don't go into the city sort of like show how good it is to stay out in the these these uh, tiny tiny villages and stuff like that definitely heavy apartheid influences 
on it. But in, even in the movies we we've been we've watched, there's um, they get around it sometimes. Get get to do some. There's some interesting, interesting stuff. That's uh, interesting commentaries or intentional or not. I I don't know. But yeah. So they got um, they got to this uh, B schemes and and uh, so then basically in in the 80s they started up with these uh, B scheme movies produced specifically for the black market. Sources estimated that they produced like fifteen hundreds of these. No, oh, wow! In like ten years or whatever, and there's like fifty of them that survive, and so that is that is ludicrous. If that's true, if if, if those if if like there's like oh yeah no just 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 like fourteen hundred of these that no one will ever see again. Well, the the uh, what is it, ten minute documentary on the Gravel Road YouTube page. They say they're working on like 400 more that they have in the in the pipes, and they also say that their output yeah. used to be on par with Hollywood in terms of quantity, which is insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they haven't really published anything for put any new movies out for for three years of these movies that they've restored. So, still waiting in excitement. <laughs> There's. Uh, I also found a, a a trailer for a documentary about it, Ooh. and uh, that was eight years uh, old. Oh. And uh, that documentary is still nowhere to be found. Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's there's yeah there's like fifty of them, and you can watch them, watch them all on YouTube. Uh, those are the ones that are available. Just out of curiosity, and, uh, who knows? Maybe there will be. How many have you seen? Uh, I I don't know off the top of my head. I would have to more than ten check, but somewhere but oh, I was gonna say somewhere between twenty and twenty-five. I've okay. seen more than ten uh, Popo Gomeda movies alone. Mm. Who is who is Popo Gomeda is one of the the stars that we will of these movies that we will will get into. But yeah one of the first sort of B-Ski movies or the ones that from the 80s to come out is the sequel to uh, Joe Bullet, Bullet on the Run. Uh, this time directed by uh, Tony Van der Verde. Ma- Van der Verde? Van- oh, God. From the Madeville. Should have had, had that pulled up. Yeah, you say those things. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, Bullet on the Run, the sequel to, to Joe Bullet. Starts off... Uh, with a, not a clear bond inspiration with a silhouetted topless lady dancing on a beach <laughs> and then and yeah and it sort of keeps with it in that he Joe Bullet in this sort of goes to get his mission from the colonel which is like his M I yeah. guess <laughs> and that's sort of where the bond comparison stopped it kind of reminded me of White Heat a little bit how like a character has to infiltrate a prison to get to know a gang member so he can like work his way up to the Head honcho and take him out. Yeah, because that's that's what this movie is. Uh, I guess it it's not really told to us until like the last two minutes of the movie that he was uh, this was all a, a plan uh, to find some to find corrupt cops and who was paying the cops because as as the movie plays out, we just see Joe Bullet is forced to drive a getaway car at gunpoint and then he's he's put in jail. For a bank robbery. No, a convenience store robbery. Or was it a bank and, robbery? I don't even know. Oh, maybe it was a convenience store. It was a robbery. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, and so then, but then in the last two minutes, they're like, oh, yeah, this was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the sequel is definitely more, like, it's more put together. It's it, it, This one is, uh, uh, like, this is a film <laughs> in a way. It's like it, 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 it goes from point A to point B. It doesn't just have, like, the collection of scenes feel. <laughs> Of the yeah. original, and I mean, I think it's sort of, sort of not as good because of that, because it, it really slows down at times. I felt that's like. definitely true. Yeah, it's, it's it's a real stretch there when he's in prison that just is not moving fast. Yeah, it does feel a bit more assured in its direction though, with like use of slow motion and that kind of thing, but it does feel a little slower at times, and um, it feels a bit more overtly fun. A bit more comedic than the first one, but they're roughly on par with each other, in my opinion. 
Yeah, because I think that the director of the first one was more just a guy who had uh, who could shoot a film in a way. He was more of a cameraman, and I can only really find one other movie that he he directed later. And then Van der Merve, he seems to have been like a driving force behind all of it. So it sort of makes more. So he's directing the sequel, and it sort of makes sense that he's the he becomes the that it, that it's it's a bit more assured with him who's then like kind of fought to be able to to have this this exist i guess yeah. but but the climax the climax fucking rule yeah yeah i love the climax of this and that's um you get the shootouts and that's i love the shootouts in these movies uh because they're they, they just love that slow motion and they have some crazy squibs and uh, when they kill the the main bad guy in this one, those squibs are incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally paint a wall red with his blood at one point. Yeah, and he just he keeps getting. Cause first they shoot him, and he just Joe Bullet just blows his back out. If I can say that, yeah. Because uh, well, there's a there's a squib that's just basically his entire back, mm-hmm. just, <laughs> and then he just gets back up again, <laughs> and they shoot him again, and just like. Yeah, there's just there's more blood on that wall than in the human body <laughs> afterwards. It is it's, it's so much yeah. fun. It, oh, it really helps to leave it. Uh, put, put have a great climax. Always helps me. Just oh yeah, that was it. Ended ended on a high. yeah, and it looked like they were using light uh, ammo but there I, for a while. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I mean, that's um, I know they used to do that in like Taiwan and the Philippines. There was a lot of like people you would use live rounds sometimes. Especially there's um, Heroes Shed No Tear, the John Woo film. They said, like, uh, yeah, they used snipers with live ammo. Because that was like, oh, yeah, that's what we do here. And that's <laughs> much, we don't have any squibs. Yeah. So we're just going to have precision shooters shoot near your actors oh. for real. Have fun. <laughs> Try not to look scared. And <laughs> it's a very possible that there is live ammo at times here. I think Kurosawa did it as well with arrows. Yeah, it's the, the, the throne of yeah. blood. It just had had trained archers fire real arrows at Mifuna, yeah. Crazy yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the most disappointing thing about this is, of course, that the, the theme song does not return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the half of a theme song. Because <laughs> that's what it is. It, it just it feels like it's ramping up, and then it just loops the intro again. Mm. But other than that, I like the, the the theme song. Good team. Yeah. He's the man. It tells you tells you what it's about. <laughs> Joe Bullet. He's the yeah. man. The man that fights evil. Yeah. Well, and the music in these movies is surprisingly good, in all of them. Yeah. Well, it, in one of them, it's good because it's literally the score from Magnificent Seven. Really? Which one is that? In Umbango, the there they. They used um, not the, the main theme, but it's sort of the. I'm pretty sure the motif that goes through on Bango several times is like the from uh, from Magnificent Seven. It did it did seem like something from like a different film, but I didn't know if it was the Magnificent Seven exactly. But I'll I'll check sometime. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I'll I'll put in a clip of that that song here if I can bother, and then the audience themselves can. Judge, <laughs> yeah. Brandon has seen Umbango as well. Yeah, well, might as well yeah, stay there. Yeah, it's a western about really the main character is also the villain in a way. He's got like his Hitler mustache and he's kind of like <laughs> he's getting I ready. Don't to know go. If, I don't know if that guy is the main character. Well, he's the first character you see. I mean, that is true. He's kind of like going into town to like kill somebody who like put his brother in prison and um, killed two people that put his brother in prison. One of a, one of which is Pupu Gumaid, correct? Yeah. Yes. Pupu Gumaid, yeah. who's uh, yeah. the, 
he who was a a history teacher who just oh. uh, was handsome and so they put him in movies and he's, okay he is the movie star of yeah this. it does an adequate job of capturing the imagination because i mean obviously it's not the real wild west by any means or the south african west whatever you want to call it but it's it's just kind of fun seeing what they do with the props and the set which is basically just kind of like plywood buildings you know set up somewhere with like bank on it and or just <laughs> saloon you know so it's 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 adequate i'd say and um this is the one where actually they do kill a white person a black person does kill a white person in it which is yeah. interesting and uh how do they get away with that well it's uh, Director Tony Van der Merve playing the guy getting shot. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a director's cameo. <laughs> so he just he was just like, yeah, yeah. If I played a white guy, probably no one could. Yeah, and this one has um, because it's it's about two black cowboys played by Popo Gomez and some other guy. I'm not <laughs> sure. I, I don't have all the names. I know some of the actors, but like you have Hector Mantanda. He's the guy in this one who has no teeth oh. and uh, is the bottom of. He will be in in a lot of these. I don't know if he's in any of the other ones that you watched, but he, he tur- if you watched more of these, he turns up in a lot of them. And uh, yeah, you recognize him because he's missing half his teeth. Okay. <laughs> is he also the bad guy in Joe Bullet? That's Joe no. Lopez. Even fewer teeth. He comes back. I don't think he's in any. He's not in Joe Bullet. Okay, because the bad guy in that one is also missing a couple of teeth. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. interesting teeth in these films. No, that it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Umbango. It's interesting because it's about it's about two two black cowboys looking to to buy their yeah. own land in a way. That feels uh, you know something highly relevant mm-hmm. to 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 what actually was going on. Is it a contemporary film? Like set in well, no in no it's uh no. no 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 it's set in whatever eighteen hundreds okay. sort of wake mm-hmm. it's just modeled on like a an American western okay and just with not everything cut out I guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> it has an action scene at the start and an action scene at the end it's an hour long like most of them are just very simple formulaic western uh, but it it's fun um, and this is one of the um, when they try to relaunch, get get attention for this, uh, so all, all these restorations, they they did at least one screening series in the U.S. and they also had um, how I discovered them was when it was uh, they did it on a movie, the the streaming service, the curated streaming service. I don't know if anyone, if you were listening to podcasts uh, ten years ago, you will remember that ad. <laughs> that was constantly the curated movie service with. 30 films for 30 days something i don't know <laughs> but yeah they did uh back then they did um they had a screening service uh, series where it was called like south african said exploitation i think said or said grade movies i don't remember what it was called but that's how i discovered it back yeah jeez that's gotta be it's almost seven years ago and then they had umbango and another one called fishy stones with um also with popo gomeda which is a. Uh, Sort of a, a he plays he, oh that's actually him and Hector Mantanda play two incompetent um, criminals who stole some diamonds. Uh, not not very great that one and one called Rich Girl which is another popo which was again those same two guys I guess that was the theme a triple feature of those and that's Popo Gomeide plays the the bodyguard of some rich lady and that's that's one I gave you the option of watching but I told you make it your least priority because it's sort <laughs> of like it's it's fairly boring very just just nothing talky talky and then Popo Gomeide falling in love with the girl he's protecting and then but then it has a really cool action climax uh, and that's the one that, that was the first one I saw that really made me interested in this because yeah, it just has like a it's a climax it's a shootout but Pretty much the whole thing is played in in at half speed, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, this is weird." Uh, yeah, and then when they did it in America, they did Umbango and Fishy Stone, and one called Gone Crazy, which is uh, which is another one that's fun. It's like a Mad Bomber movie, but also it's of course done very dirt cheap, and it has um, Hector Mantanda plays the Mad Bomber, and he's he's uh, he's great. Yeah, when if you see more of these, he always always plays the bad guy, and the more unhinged they let him be, the more fun it is. <laughs> he's uh, 
he's a great over-the-top actor a lot of fun yeah well that's how i discovered it like uh seven years ago and uh i watched those three and that was uh for the longest time that was the only thing and then three years ago they started putting all of these on youtube so you could watch them so then i then then i started watching more again mm-hmm. uh, and of course joe bullet i bought joe bullet on blu-ray in between there somewhere well yeah then okay. we have some other movies we can just sort of hit off on some of them but i oh, sorry. the favorite one for me that i watched is charlie Steele. makes sense because uh it's a good one and it's it's that one i uh, <laughs> think i said when I think like Joe Bullet, Charlie Steele is what I would recommend for like a double feature to just get into show it. you the stuff. And uh, yeah, Charlie Steele, it, it's in English, which some of them are. But most of them aren't, but Charlie Steele's in English. And it also feels just like it has a higher budget. Yeah, not, not that much higher. <laughs> not that much higher, but it's, it's, it's also it's slightly... <laughs> Most of them are just an hour, and and but like Charlie Steele and Joe Bullet and Bullet on the Run are like eighty to ninety minutes. Yeah, and Charlie Steele, yeah, has the just sort of a classic structure. Charlie Steele is a private eye. It's kind of cool as hell, but he's actually really sort of down on his luck, to be honest. <laughs> and that's what I was saying. They don't know our cinematic language for making somebody cool, so he's just yeah, doing like, his thing. Basically, and it's what if what if John Shaft was a bum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's sort of the thing because he's yeah, but yeah, he gets hired to find a kidnapped girl again by a friend. Turns out the guy who did it is some guy he knew in the army. Well, one of the guys he he knew in the army, but they weren't friends. Like he busted him yeah. in the army or something. Yeah, that's the opening sequence of the movie, isn't it? They're on. It's like a flashback to a military mission, I think. Again, they don't really follow the cinematic language, so that you can completely understand. But I thought that was a flashback to when they were in the army and sort of like why they are enemies. I but I don't know. Did not connect the dots on anything. I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah, and we learned that Charlie Steele is a. He's specialist with a knife, which we never see. I think <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a knife, but he doesn't really ever use a knife. He uses a crossbow. Yeah. Well, he does use a knife, but then they find it and it gets taken away from him. <laughs> oh, that's a cool thing in Joe Bullet. If we completely forgot that he has a he has a knife in his shoe that he uses oh, to kill yeah. the snake with. He has like yeah. a gadget. That's another Bond thing. <laughs> it's very low tech mm-hmm. gadget of having a knife in his shoe but does robert shaw have a knife in his shoe he does right in uh, from russia with love mm. i think it's the maid isn't yeah it? it's, the, 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 it's the lady oh, yeah. okay yeah the, that poses a maid yeah the russian lady like that. yeah she has a poisoned knife in her shoe i believe yeah okay yeah another direct influence then probably but charlie Steele is is fun it's yeah. not that much to say about it really it's just uh, the uh, it, it is very very shafted. <laughs> you get on shafted half, by yeah. it <laughs> on half on 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 a, on a fraction of the budget, and also he's sort of a bum. Mm. Well, it, when he gets the case, he goes around to some people like a bar, and he asks the bartender, "Yo, if you hear something, let me know." <laughs> and the bartender calls yeah. him up. It's like, oh, there's a guy here talking about a girl he kidnapped. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then Charlie Steele says, "I'm on my way." And then we get a really fucking long shot of him just casually walking to his car. And in the middle of the yeah. shot, his hat blows off, and he just picks up his hat, <laughs> puts it back on, keeps walking. I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's supposed to be in a hurry to get there. And he's just strolling down the sidewalk. Yeah, there's also there's another part during the sort of climax where the guy, the Charlie Steel Steel guy, he clearly fails to like close his car door three <laughs> times, and they're just like, they didn't want like, we do it again. No, no, he just just tries to do it several times, and it's just like, uh, it just makes him <laughs> seem like even. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really endearing to the Charlie Steel character. <laughs> He's just—he's not actually cool, even though he's supposed <laughs> to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't do yeah, second takes. <laughs> no, no second takes. <laughs> or maybe they did twenty takes, and that was the best they got. <laughs> yeah. Should have used a different car, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, all the stuff like where the yeah, sort of like yeah doesn't don't really get the cinematic language in a way because there's always just a lot of scenes of people just it's a lot of tell don't show stuff like oh yeah this this <laughs> guy over here talking about the girl he kidnapped sure let's move the plot like that yeah <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that happening in most of the movies oh yeah I have some exposition or someone says almost every actor is very stilted which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. makes it funnier. My main thought yeah. was, oh, these movies are made by somebody who really loves movies, but who also has only seen five of them. <laughs> so like, oh, we need this cool guy. He's going to go in his car and he's going to go there. How do we show that? Well, he has to walk from his house to his car, get in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think they didn't go to film school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For mo- f- yeah, because there's, there's a, some efficient storytelling given that a lot of them are only an hour long, but they are also, they do take their time with what they have. Though they never feel like they're longer, like they're always somehow still well paced. Yeah, the only one I bullet on the run is the only one that I really had a, a, an issue with the pacing for like uh, some of it. Hmm. But yeah, no, Charlie Steele's a, is a great one. Uh, that's as I said. That's uh, I recommend that as the sort of like as one of the to, to start with. And that one I, I is on DVD. Ooh. I've seen that both that and Umbango have DVD releases, but they seem to be like just dirt cheap only a movie oh. on the disc release. I never bother trying to pick them up because I'm like I can can watch it on YouTube or if I want slightly better quality, I can rent it on Vimeo. Instead of like forking out twenty five dollars for this, which seems to be simply a DVD with the movie on it, maybe even bootleg. Mm, I know it because it says it has the retroscope, uh, bi- retro bioscope, what they're called. Yeah. S- logo on the case, sort of. So it it is from the the people who are uh, restoring them, but I I don't know why why there's like two or three movies that are just out on DVD. I haven't really looked enough into it. But there they are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think one we all seen is uh, then Cold Justice. Yes. Or Ooh. Impindiso. This is the only yes. the only non-English one that I watched. Okay. Well, it has some English. Yeah, mo- yeah, well, if you want to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the doctor. The, the doctor. doctor yeah, the <laughs> doctor who doesn't wear pants. Oh, that guy! <laughs> yeah, in the, this in is the, my favorite of the four I watched. Hospital this is my slash the four I watched. Uh, shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one that this. I think this was maybe the first one or second one of the first ones I watched when I got back into it. When I found them all, like, oh shit, all this is on YouTube now, and I I love this one too. This is one of my favorites. Uh, I do I do love this one, uh, and it's. Uh, well, it's a death wish riff, I guess you could say. Exactly. Well, it's about like a group of extortionists who murder. Well, they try to murder some guy's sister, so he's out for revenge. One by one, he's gonna take him out, and um, it's it's pretty cheesy as a no budget, but it's pretty fun, you know. Like when he's like taking his sister after she get, he discovers she's been stabbed, you know, he drives home and tells his dad and his dad has a heart attack in the middle of the road. Yeah. He just kind of leaves his dad there in the middle <laughs> of the road to like <laughs> drive his sister to the so-called hospital with a doctor with yeah, no pants. It's, you expect it's like, oh, the sister gets stabbed, he's going to revenge his... No, it's his dad dies from a yeah. heart attack from the noose. Yeah. And his sister's, his sister's just okay. <laughs> then they bury yeah. his like dad in the middle of like a farm field or something like that, just like where they're growing crops and yeah. stuff like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. Also, and um, the music in these movies uh, is great, but they don't really have appropriate music for the burial scene. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, like jazz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> smooth yeah, jazz. It's all synth scores, synths and jazz. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I love the scene where he kills one of the people who try to stab his sister. Well, they did stab her, but they didn't kill her. But he goes to, like, this so-called hotel. And this guy's about to have sex with his Pink Panther doll. He jumps in. He takes, like, a yeah. lamp and, like, electrocutes his gonads till he dies with the <laughs> lamp. And it's it's so much fun. And this, this bad guy has two stuffed Pink Panther plushies. For some <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but I think it's, that's, that's what I remember best. And from the <laughs> The lead guy also has posters in his bedroom 
gelijk had babes in bikinis en Clint Eastwood. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, about the bad guy about to have sex. Because that's the thing is that in the in these movies, unlike black exploitation movies of the, of America, the heroes never never engage in in any sort of sex. That's only for bad guys. Yeah. If, it's almost like a slasher thing. Like if you have sex, you you die. Here, that was uh, like promiscuity was really looked down upon, and that was sort of like one of the. I think it's one of the apartheid things. I guess is yeah. that was installed in that you know no no sex for the for the black hero, just sort of. Well, I'm sure it was the same way for the white people, since it was kind of like wasn't it like a Calvinist dominated church system, you know, in the white community. Yeah, very possible that it's also just uh, Puritans. Maybe even eight, or am I mixing timelines? I don't, I don't know, uh, but I feel like <clears throat> maybe an apartheid government would uh, encourage the spreading of AIDS. Mm. Ah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna go to the. Def- maybe I'm being harsh on the the apartheid government. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. But yeah. but yeah, no. Unlike like Shaft and like Fred Williamson, who's who's getting laid left and right <laughs> it's that's um it's not for the heroes of the south african films no. the movie's got like a classic like training montage and especially this it, it also has the slow motion action scene that i sort of talked about and that which is this knife fight which just is all <laughs> in slow motion is this the one on the beach no it's the the climax climax the last okay. when he meet the final guy i mean the beach part also has that slow motion but This is when he goes to face the last guy at his house, and uh, they're fighting in the yard, and yeah, everything just slows down. And that happens, yeah, several in all, almost all of the movies. This they have this thing. It just sort of like um, padding the running time by by putting everything in slow motion. I guess <laughs> in a way that's uh, yeah, but Cold Justice, barely an hour, and it, I think is is a is a blast, fun revenge film. Uh, yeah, doctor in the shorts, the hospital that's <laughs> and, and clearly a shed. Yeah, you, you also actually <laughs> no m- hear his flip flops. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that was. Like, is his feet wet or something like that, or is it just flip flops? <laughs> yeah, he looked like he just came from the beach, and I was like, oh, put a white coat on, and now I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Shorts. Yeah, yeah and it's just there's no medical equipment at all in the hospital. His sister has been stabbed. She's just laying out on like a bed. It's barely a bed. No, no machine that goes bing. <laughs> also, he's he's in the gym. Yeah, yeah. He phones a guy. He phones a guy about his problem, and they meet in the gym. And the guy's like, no, you should let the police handle this, man. This isn't for you to go after. And then, like, 20 minutes later, we find out that that guy is a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he phoned the police and said, meet me at the gym. Yeah. What the I, fuck? <laughs> I, feel, I feel that's some, something that where they just didn't think it out, almost. <laughs> that happens a lot in these movies. I, there's another one, Popo made a one called black crusader where he plays like a cat thief and then at the end he's like oh i'm gonna marry my girlfriend and then his best friend's like oh i'm gonna marry your mom because that's the only other female character in the movie and so <laughs> popo gumeda's best friend marries What? his mom at the end i don't know it's like you're like oh let's have a happy ending and then it's just like yeah i'm marrying your mom we did we didn't mention this at any point earlier in the movie that I, your best friend, is in a relationship with your mom, who's 30 years my senior. But <laughs> we're getting married now. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no. Oh, moms still, deserve uh, happiness, too. Yeah. <laughs> so so sometimes they'll just put pull weird stuff like that. And we're like, this <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But it's <laughs> happening. And then, yeah, the final one we've seen for this one was, uh, is, uh, was called Double Deal? You watched that one? I've seen Double Deal, yes. I picked that one because it's uh, English, too. Like, What is this even inspired by? It's sort of like a, a erotic thriller without any eroticism? <laughs> so yeah, because well, that's illegal. Well, it's it's sort of... It's very... It's Hitchcockian, I guess. Yeah. 
in a way yeah, like you, sort of like yeah it's about a, a lady who goes on vacation a married woman goes on vacation and sort of well you have she's mad at her husband because he works there's no there's no implication that he's not actually at work and cheating with his secretary or whatever or she doesn't even say i want you to be home more no it's just you work too much <laughs> that's yeah. it and so she goes on vacation and has a, a fling with a with a young i don't know guy who's who's there yeah <laughs> she meets she has a romance when she's on vacation alone and then this guy ends up um well, falling in love with her yeah fall, falling in love with her and then he wants to get uh she she's like sure she can't leave her husband so she he tries to 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 hatch a plan to to get rid of the husband well she literally says i'm not willing to give up my marriage unless something happens to my husband <laughs> yeah that, that's the the, <laughs> the really subtle dialogue and stuff you can find <laughs> in these movies <laughs> sort of just very very directly saying the thing yeah so he ends up hiring a hitman to kill the husband and then you know of course in typical hitchcockian irony style the lady herself he, he ends up as the, the wife is who's not supposed to be there walks in and gets assassinated too <laughs> yes and and, so, uh, the assassin yeah, he has to travel to the location where the husband lives well where the girl and the husband live uh, and to get his gun there he cuts into papers in a book yeah like cuts out a, a a square so he can put the gun in the book packages the book sends it to the hotel where he'll be staying so he doesn't have to take it with him on the flight and the scene where he cuts in like cuts space into the book and packages it is a four minute take no. <laughs> of him just yeah. <laughs> eviscerating a book packaging a book yeah <laughs> Uh, it's like yeah, it's the 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 Chantel Ackerman of uh, South Africa, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Dealman. And also, he writes <laughs> an address, a name on the on the package, and it's a different name than the name he gives when he checks into the hotel. <laughs> like, oh yeah, welcome. We have a package for you. <laughs> How? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great, great, great character. Great actor. Love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some sweaty white guy with a mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this is the one I think with the most white characters in it too. Like there's the the electrician and the hitman and sort of and this one came out this is the I think the latest ones of the one in, in sort of nineteen ninety. I I'm not sure how trustworthy the 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 years on the listed on anything really is, but it okay. definitely looks like it's also the one that's like it's set like it looks like it was made closer to like the end of the 80s and started 90s maybe yeah. so i think that is the most modern one i guess i think this is a good one just because it, it's like a really sort of familiar thing in a way that it like it is sort of the classic like ironic hitchcockian thriller that you can you can recognize except it's again just done done dirt cheap like this could have been uh an episode of uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents, I guess. Yeah, are they even cheaper? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dirt cheap, dirt, dirt cheap. <laughs> they, they also have a scene at a, well, it's not really a bar, but like at a cafe or something. They order cokes, and they get their cokes in gin glasses. <laughs> like, the really small glasses. Like what the <laughs> fuck was up with that? It's like a shot glass of coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And there's a great quote at the end of this one where the the guy who ordered the hitman he's talking to the hitman like, "Oh, are you sure everything went all right? They won't trace it oh, back yeah, to me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the hitman says, "Sure, nothing happened." Oh, yes, a pretty lady walked in, but I killed her as well. So don't <laughs> worry, just relax. Yeah, I forgot about it. It's like he's it's almost like he just oh yeah I forgot to tell him about the fact that I murdered a second <laughs> person <laughs> uh, yeah I forgot that's such a and it's just that that really natural dialogue get in these yeah. movies and just just also obviously paired with the wonderful performance of uh, someone who was probably not an actor <laughs> no <laughs> um, so yeah if you want to see some of these see more of them head over to it's called gravel road tv uh on youtube 
They also have it um they have them on Vimeo too, but they have to pay for them. So mm -hmm. um, you can you can sample them on on YouTube first, I guess. Yeah, they uh, do have ads. Yeah, there you will have to watch the movie, them with ads. But and, uh, I I fine. guess I can I can put a link to a playlist that I've made in the in the episode description. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen a, several of them. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. There's one called Treasure Hunters, which is the I think it is just very very classic sort of someone finds a treasure and they start turning on each other because everyone uh. wants the the money kind of movie. Um, uh, I think the most disappointing part is is that uh, all the martial there's a couple of martial arts ones, and they are just incredibly bad. Not even <laughs> in a fun way. Like, um, but that's why I was a, a little disappointed by the train fight in Joe Bullet because they show the bad guy doing like a, a kata. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's mostly just grabbing each other's necks. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly just an uncivilized brawn. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, plenty of stuff there to to watch if you want. Obviously, Joe Bullet. I guess if you want the full version, you'll have to buy the Blu-ray and go go buy that Blu-ray to convince Eighty-Eight Films that maybe they should should consider releasing more of them. <laughs> I, I don't think you will. <laughs> yeah, it's another another Western one called Revenge that. Oh. I I wanted you to watch, but they didn't have subtitles, which I oh. I watched uh, that one on Mubi uh, some time ago, and it had subtitles, and that was a, that's another. I think that's a more fun western. I I enjoyed that one more than Umbango, actually, but but uh, it's the one that doesn't have subtitles. Oh man! Also, just like a sort of classic western story, boiled down to even shorter. It's like fifty minutes long. Oh. But it has, has a great. It has, basically, what was really great about it is it's half the movie is set up that this guy is training to become a gunfighter, and then during the climax, his son, who has a zero gun training, just picks up the gun and just shoots a guy perfectly off a horse with one shot. Like, <laughs> okay, so we spent the whole movie seeing this guy trained to be good at guns, but his son was just a savant the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, head over to YouTube and watch a bunch of South African black exploitation movies. Yeah, I watched four of them. They're pretty cozy. Yeah, I mean, there is a sort of uh, there's a charm to it, uh, a certain like inept uh, charm. Yeah, definitely, and they're short. Yeah. Yes. Big that plus. they are. Yeah, my favorite was Cold Justice, and not just because it's directed by Spielberg, but because it's just a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, the Spielberg directed it. It's like Carton Spielberg. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Carton is when you spell it with a K is Dutch for cardboard. Oh, okay. Well, so, <laughs> makes it's sense. Like cardboard Spielberg. <laughs> okay, <laughs> must have been a joke they're trying to play on the audience. I think so. Must oh, have no. been. So, uh, yeah, check out the Discord and the usual stuff. Uh, check out the Discord. Check out the web. Check out the website allaboblegum.com. There you find links to to the uh, Discord. I said Discord four times. Couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> uh, yeah, you found links to the Discord and links to the Patreon and uh, you know links to all episodes and and uh, everything else that you would uh, you would want. Mm -hmm. Everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that concludes. Um, February, uh, Black Exploitation Month. We we sat our white asses down and listened, <laughs> or watched, I guess, and uh, learned learned something. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week uh, when I am again trying to force some world cinema in here uh, with a <laughs> episode on Indian uh, action icon or movie icon. I think he. Does way more romantic comedies than he does action movies. It's uh, Sheru Khan from the Jungle Book. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> different one. Is, is, isn't that also the tiger's name? Yeah, in Khan. Jungle yeah, Book. His name yeah. is uh, Sheru Khan. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's. Um, I don't know. So email us if you know about any connections <laughs> between Sheru Khan and Rudyard Kipling. 
<laughs> Did Rudyard Kipling time travel to the future and, <laughs> and name his character after a, the star of Om Shanti Om? <laughs> <laughs> we will never know. <laughs> All right. Well, join us then. And uh, thanks for now. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Just a minute. Are you sure they won't trace it back to me? Sure. Nothing happened. Oh, yes. A pretty lady walked in. But I killed her as well. So don't worry. Just relax. He's the man. The man who fights evil. He's the man. The man who fights crime. He's the man. No one can tie down. He's the man, the criminal's here. He's the man that you can't get near. He's the man that money can't buy. Beware if he's looking for you. I think there must be some mistake. Say what? Sir, listen to your friend here. He knows what he's talking about. I don't think you really want to go to South Africa. Why not? Because you're black.